Did you know that for $25, you could uh, get your kid's name or your grandkid's name into a Spider-Man story? Take a look. So there you go. Noah, only you can save Spider-Man. Um, and, you know, there's lots of those kinds of books. But I find it interesting that for two cents, a woman got her name into God's story. Her, her life was wrapped up into God's story. For two cents, we call it the story of the widow's might. Because a mite is this tiny little bit of money uh, back in the day, in Jesus' day. It's worth about two cents. And uh, she got uh, her story into Scripture, and we remember her today as she gave just those two cents. And uh, their Bible is full of people whose stories are propelled into the story of God because of their generosity. And that's our first point. Generosity writes us into God's story. Generosity writes us into God's story. There's the story of the little boy uh, who gave his lunch and Jesus multiplied it and fed 5,000 people. His generosity wrote him into God's story and now uh, he's here forever there. There's the man who let Jesus borrow his donkey uh, so that he could ride into Jerusalem uh, on Palm Sunday. And we, now he's there forever, written into God's story because of his generosity of lending that, just that donkey. And so now we have the story of uh, the woman who just gave two cents. So let me read you that story, and uh, let's see what generosity would do in our lives. From Luke 20, it says, while all the people were listening, Jesus said to his disciples, Beware of the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogue and the places of honor at banquets. But they devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished most severely. As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor woman put in two very small copper coins. Truly, I tell you, Jesus said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. Wow. Let's, uh, let's pray. Lord, we ask that you would use your word in our lives. There are so many opportunities for generosity and you invite us into your story as we are generous. Would you, would you open our hearts to see uh, what you would have to speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So Jesus was near the marketplace and uh, near the temple in Jerusalem. And it is a hustling, bustling place. And he took an opportunity to point out these different folks to uh, his disciples and uh, I think he said out loud what others were thinking about those religious guys. You know, they had these big robes. I, I have those robes. Don't wear them at Stonebridge, but I've got them. And, and uh, you know, the, about the only way you can walk is like this, you know. <laughs> and even if you could walk different, we like to walk that way. And, and uh, you know, and people greet you and, you know, oh, pastor this and that. And, it, it, you know, it, it, I totally get it. Uh, what was going on here. And, and, those, uh, and I've heard, if anybody has ever heard pastors who couldn't say amen, they just keep praying. They you almost think they're stopped. And then here they go again. And, 
Um, uh, and so we've got those kinds of people. But Jesus makes it clear that those religious leaders in particular, but others, they are starring in their own stories. But that's all there is. They are not part of God's story. In fact, the only glimpse we get of them is in general and to say that they're going to be punished. Wow. And then in contrast, he gives this picture of uh, this woman. And it says he, he, he sees a widow. I don't think widows wore maybe special clothes that indicated they were widows. So I, I got to believe that she was known in the community as a woman who'd lost her husband or Jesus knew her or something. But he said, now take a look at uh, at Cheryl, at Barbara, at Susan, at, at the, this widow. And she just put in two coins, but it was all she had. Everybody else gave out of their wealth, uh, and she gave all she had. And uh, that wrote her into God's story. Her generosity wrote her into God's story. And the thing about that is, when we are in God's story... God is in ours as well. God is in our story as well. Being in God's story means this. It means being a part of what God is doing in a particular place at a particular time. He's engaged us. He's involved us. Uh, and who wouldn't want that as we raise our children, our grandchildren, as we care for loved ones, as we work with coworkers? Don't we want to be the people who bring God into the story? And if we wouldn't use that language... Uh, maybe we would at least say, well, we hope that we're a loving presence, that we are a kind presence, that we bring hope or grace into a story, and that's all from God. All good gifts come from the Father above. Besides that, miracles happen at the intersection of our story and God's story. Amazing things can happen. And when our stories don't intersect with God's story... All they get is us, and us isn't all that great. I've got a story of that myself. I'll share that in a minute, where all they got was me. But first, we're going to take a look at this woman who gave two cents, and we learn from her that generosity writes us into God's story when we overcome our fear, when we overcome our fear. Scripture says, she out of her poverty put in all she had to live on. Okay, so... I mean, we could turn in groups and talk about what could this woman possibly have to be afraid of? Well, all she had was two cents to her name. I kind of think she's like, well, it doesn't matter whether I keep it or throw it in the offering plate because two cents is doing me no good whatsoever. She could be afraid for her, for where's she going to live? What's she going to eat? How about afraid of the community, uh, ostracized or, or whatever? I, Concern, fear, embarrassment because of what she's wearing and all that. I mean, who knows all the fears that she could have. Um, and as I say, uh, I am, I'm guessing that she could have fears. Uh, and I'm probably projecting on her some of mine. Because uh, the story of me where all somebody got of me was me, no God, uh, was because of my fear. I was afraid. I was afraid of what others would think of me. I was afraid of uh, maybe I was doing the wrong thing, uh, afraid that maybe I was being taken advantage of. On a Sunday morning after church, a large group of us went to uh, brunch, and we went to a Chinese buffet, and we got to sit out uh, under umbrellas uh, right along the street's edge. 
There was a little half wall between us and the sidewalk and then all of us sitting. And uh, you could look into the building and see this long table of Chinese food. And as we were all sitting there and we were talking and eating, some of us on our second or third plate and all just so full, I'm going to use my words carefully. Suddenly, a woman appeared next to me. I say that because we were on the street. There was a little gate. I never saw her come through the gate. I never saw her wind her way through, I don't know, maybe six or seven tables of people. I just saw her standing next to me. And she looked like a homeless person. And she mumbled something about, do you have any change? And the other thing interesting about the story was, no one else seemed to notice her. I thought, do you guys all, you're all so used to homeless people, you don't even, you're not even paying, you're just not going to make eye contact with her, you're not even going to pay any attention to her whatsoever, but it was as if she was there just for me. She was looking at me, asking me if I had any change, and I kind of, you know, tried to figure out, and, you know, I was trying to get into my pants pocket while I was seated, and uh, while I was doing all of that, she just looked at the buffet. And it went through my head. Oh my gosh! I mean, I could, we we could just get her a meal. I, I could I could just go get her some food. And now the fear kicked in. Well, she didn't pay for it. And maybe maybe all of these people would we have to scoot and make room for her? And maybe maybe nobody here at this table wants her here. And and maybe the management doesn't want a homeless person eating in their place. And. Uh, I mean, all of these things welling up as I'm going like this. And um, finally, I just, I just found some change, and I, I dropped a, I mean, it wasn't even a dollar's worth in, in her hand. And she, she looked at the coins, and then she looked again, and I followed her glance at the food. And then she was gone. I, I turned to Carolyn or something, but then she was gone. And I, I say that Carefully, because to this day, I think maybe she was an angel. Maybe, maybe God was just wanting to teach me something, because I remember it so clearly, and it must have been 25 years ago. But I don't say that she might have been an angel just to get off the hook, because, you know, angels don't have to eat, so, you know, it wasn't that bad. <clears throat> no, she was really a homeless person who needed help. And I gave her nothing. She just got me. And me was not much. Because I didn't, I, I lost the opportunity to be woven into God's story out of generosity. I mean, you guys could come up with, you could have taken her in. You could have sat her down. You could have gone and gotten a plate. You could have gotten her a box to go. Any number of things. Nothing. And the opportunity to be generous just passed me by. The opportunity to have my story written into God's story and hers written into God's story. So I have a next step for you because I I don't think that you're probably too much different than me. Uh, And in any given situation, maybe some fears would kick up in your life and your heart. So on a scale of 1 to 10, think about this this week. On a scale of 1 to 10, determine your fear of each of the following things. Number one, doing the wrong thing. Is this what I, maybe I'm not doing the right thing, doing the wrong thing. Number two, being taken advantage of. And number three, being embarrassed. How afraid of those things are you in a moment? And then ask God to help you not let fear stop you from being generous. 
See, I could have still been afraid, but done it anyway. Uh, and, uh, and I just think what a miraculous thing that would have been. People would have come alongside, friends, all that sort of thing. So taking that step and being reflective this week about what are the things that you might be afraid of that would stop you from being generous, and maybe you have a whole other list, will help you be intentional about being generous, which is our second point. Generosity writes us into God's story when we are intentional about our help, when we are intentional about our help. Now, I put up this picture of uh, the Wailing Wall. So you've heard of the Wailing Wall. Maybe some of you have been there. And, and this is, uh, if you haven't, sometimes people, I don't quite understand. So this location, this portion of this wall is a public area, and it is the closest a Jew can come to the temple uh, in, in all the world. This is the closest place they can come to pray uh, because they can't, they're not allowed uh, to go to the temple space anymore. It's up on, it's up on top of that, the temple mount. And uh, so this is the closest place. But what I want you to take a look at, there's a lot of people. It's not always that crowded, but it's often that crowded. And I think with Jesus there, this is the area. If it wasn't exactly right here, it would have been up on the temple mount. But that's the marketplace. That's the temple. And it's crowded. It's crazy. And uh, the, the point of it is that nobody would have noticed if she hadn't put anything in. The scripture says, as Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor wo widow put in two very small copper coins. No one would have missed it if she hadn't put the money in. And no one cared that she did. Didn't matter. Two cents. What a crowd. I mean... She didn't have to. Why did she do it? Because she was intentional. Because she said, you know what? This two cents isn't going to make two cents worth of difference in my life. I don't know what I could buy with it. But I'm going to give it to the Lord. There was an intentionality about her. And her generosity wrote her into God's story. We still talk about, we're talking about her today. And we use her as an example of generosity. Intentional generosity continues to write people into God's story today, uh, and in many different ways. Most never get written down. Most uh, never get famous or known for their generosity. Often it's done behind the scenes. Often it's done uh, where nobody sees it. Carolyn and I had our story written into God's story because of generosity. Not ours, some other folks. So we, um, some of you probably know that we attended Hollywood Presbyterian Church. Uh, and I turned and uh, went towards seminary and towards ordination as a member of Hollywood Press. And uh, there are a lot of people at Hollywood Press who work in the Hollywood industry, right? They're, they're writers for TVs and movies and things like that. And those people make an exorbitant amount of money Writing sitcoms. Now, I don't know if you've ever watched a sitcom, but it's not high art. It, it's, 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 no one ever would, have, would accuse it of being, you know, the most uplifting, amazing thing you need to have in your life. And these people knew that. And they knew that others were paying them to write the sitcoms. And um, so when I lost my job, I was laid off, and I was wrestling, it was a turning point in my life. What am I going to do? 
I've been, I'd been studying Scripture, and I, I'd been a Christian for most of my life, but I'd, it was, I was on fire for something new, and I felt like I ought to go to seminary and learn. I, I don't know what God's going to do in my life, but I feel like that's the next step. And several of the families in that same group, that same Sunday school class who went to breakfast that day, they came to Carolyn and I, and they said, we don't know what God's doing in your life, but he's doing something. And it's clear you feel called to seminary. We feel called to proclaim to our industry that there are things more important than money and success defined by the industry. So we would like to pay your salary for three years to go full-time to seminary. Wow. You know me because of their generosity. I was able to be an intern here 20 years ago for free because of their generosity. And uh, I did. I went full-time to seminary. I also was an elder there and, and ran their small groups program. Uh, and, uh, and after three years was ordained. Carolyn, this weekend, gave me a picture of my ordination and all the people who were in it, which is just humbling. Guess who's in the back row? Jeff Cheadle. He was part of my ordination because I was able to be here you are written into God's story in this little chapter. Stonebridge has a paragraph in that chapter because of the generosity of these people who um, were intentional about saying, God, we, we believe this. And they're still dear friends to this day. A couple of them were here last week, surprised me at the 1030 service to, to be here. Um, it's, it's incredible. Um, Supported me for three years. So I have a next step for you. Uh, and don't worry. I, I've had all the schooling I need. I don't, I'm not going to ask anybody <laughs> to support me. <laughs> um, uh, but take a specific step toward intentional generosity. Take a specific step towards intentional generosity. How would you do that? You might set some money aside. Um, but here's, here's just a simple example. Um, have a jar in your kitchen uh, designated for generosity, and each day as you get home from work or your day, to put all your spare change in there. And, uh, and then when it fills up, figure out how, am I gonna, how are we going to spend uh, this money? How are we going to give it away? And look for ways to give it away. When my friends uh, supported us, they had no idea what God would do with their generosity. And for 20 years, I've been blessed to be a pastor because of their generosity. But none of us had any idea what God was going to be doing, which is, leads to our last point. We may never know the full impact of our generosity. We may never know the full impact of our generosity. The scripture says, Jesus said, uh, truly I tell you, Jesus said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. So this is a picture of that same wailing wall. This is the women's section. It's broken into men and women. They're on separate sides. Uh, or separate. The men are over here somewhere. And, and there aren't that many right now. But the thought that I had was, I wonder if any of these women are there because that widow gave that two cents. That generation after generation after generation, somebody's, somebody today is at that wailing wall because of her, 
her generosity. And she never knew the full impact. Even if nobody's there because of her, we're here somewhat because of her. She was written into God's story. And she never knew the full impact of her generosity. And that's true for us as well. Um, Oftentimes, we give something and we never know what's going to happen. Maybe we just send it with prayers. Uh, We've heard of the butterfly effect, right? Which is the phenomenon where a small localized change in a complex system can have large effects elsewhere. That's awesome. Now add God's grace and power and God's will for good. Oh my gosh, who knows what God could do with our little bit. John Bechtel was a missionary in Hong Kong. Um, many years ago, and at that time, people were flooding in from mainland China into Hong Kong, uh, tens of thousands of people, and John thought, what a perfect opportunity to have a camp, a Christian camp in Hong Kong, where people, refugees, could stay for a little while, hear the gospel, and then and be helped with their lives, and uh, he was looking for a place that he could uh, have a camp, and uh, fellow from the United States came over and John took him to see an orphanage in Hong Kong that had just been renovated. Uh, Several million dollars worth of repairs and all of that. It had a football field, a dormitory, it had teachers' quarters, uh, everything that they might need, more than they could imagine they would ever need. And uh, it was was for sale for $240,000. And the fellow was very impressed and he said, I'm going to go back and I will raise you that money in three months. So John went to the realtor for the orphanage, and he said, I'm interested, and we're looking to raise the funds. Uh, And the guy said, well, come back when you have money. And so for three months, John and his wife prayed, uh, and they were uh, waiting to hear. And after three months, they got a a letter back from the, the fellow. He said, I couldn't raise a dime. No one gave anything for your project. Wow. But, he said, you should read this letter. Uh, And it wasn't quite no one who gave anything. So in the letter was uh, another envelope addressed in a little bit of handwriting, uh, and it came from a 14-year-old girl from Florida named Belinda Holmes. And Belinda wrote a little note and said, enclosed is one dollar. This is my ice cream money for two weeks. I heard your story and, and used this money to buy the orphanage. Isn't that sweet? <laughs> well, he thought it was a terrible joke. He, didn't, he was like mad that this guy would do that. So he showed it to his wife. And he was sitting at the, coffee t- at the breakfast table. And his wife said, did you read the last sentence? It said, use this dollar to buy the orphanage. She said, I don't think that's from her. I think that's from God. So John went to the realtor, and uh, he said, I'm here to buy the orphanage. And the realtor said, great, which bank has the 240000 He says, none. Uh, I got all the money I need right here. Read this note. He read it. He laughed, and uh, John Bechtel said, you send that letter to the board of directors. They got a telegram back that said, her faith's good enough. Sell them the orphanage for a dollar. 
he got for decades now. Almost two million Chinese have been through that camp. And 160,000 proclamations of faith in Christ. 130 churches have been planted out of that camp. And it, unbelievable. unbelievable. Now, by the way, this is one of those stories that preachers tell that you go, that's a nice story. I wonder if it's true. So, you're right? Uh, and <clears throat> so I looked it up. I went and researched it. And uh, I found an interview with John Bechtel, the missionary. The link is in our U version, or you could just look him up on uh, YouTube. And he tells the story of, uh, of Belinda Holmes. And, uh, and as I say, we may never know the full impact of our generosity. But Belinda got to find out because John went to Florida after 10 years after the camp had been opened and, and talked and told that story to the church that he was at. And afterwards, a 24-year-old girl walked up to him and said, I'm Belinda Holmes, and was able to find out all that had... Listen, she was a librarian at a Christian school. She could not have raised $240,000 if she spent 100 lifetimes trying to raise the money. But... But generosity writes us our story into God's story. Who knows what God can do? When, when we overcome our fears, when we become intentional, and God writes us into his story. Wow! So just lastly, I just want to tell you, look for, forward to being generous. Right? That's our final next step. Look forward to being generous. Last week we saw a video of Dame, Dave Ramsey and he told us giving is the most fun thing we can do with money. I was reading that they have actually done research on this. Shocking what people will do research on. But they found out money does buy happiness. You just have to spend it on other people. It'll buy a lot. Uh, let me just encourage you. Who knows what God can do with our generosity? And I love it's a story of two cents. I'm not about to turn around and go, now give a lot. Just see. Because when God leads, a dollar is enough.